Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. And if you're a fan of this podcast, you already know the 50-year mission is definitive oral history of Star Trek. And Secrets of the Force will tell you everything you want to know about the history of Star Wars. But what you probably don't know is Ed Gross and I have a new book coming out this July. They shouldn't have killed this dog. The complete uncensored ass-kicking oral history of John Wick, Gun Fu, and the new age of action. Coming from St. Martin's in hardcover, digital, and audio. You can order it today. Welcome back to the 430 Movie. We got our expert programmers here to curate fantasy theme weeks of classic film. From 1998, film directed by Steven Soderbergh called Out of Sight. Yes! Soderbergh directs it with such a sort of confident, self-assured style. Lex Luthor in Superman. What is it about Gene Hackman that... uh... His performance, it's off the charts, but still in reality. Fiendishly gifted. 1981, Sam Raimi opus, The Evil Dead. Oh, yes, fine choice. Sam Raimi invented entirely new ways to get shots that should not have been possible with the amount of money that he did not have. Charade. Oh, so Directed by Stanley Donnan. It's a textbook screenplay. It's just effortless, and there's not a wrong note in this movie. Can't say enough great things about it. We'll be back next Friday with an all-new episode of the 430 Movie, wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us now for the 430 Movie. The 430 Movie Podcast is available weekly wherever you listen to podcasts and on the free Electric Now app. Download it today. Hello and welcome to Best Movies Never Made, a podcast where we talk about interesting and infamous movies that never made it to or through production. Most of the time, the movies you're trying to make don't get made. Like, four of them may happen, one of them may happen, none of them may happen, and I'll be attached to three more things by end of summer. Turn the script into something resembling Unforgiven with Conan. Yeah. Suddenly the rights expired and the whole thing just like went away overnight. New episodes will be available every other Monday. We won't see you at the movies. Best Movies Never Made, as featured in Entertainment Weekly, is available wherever you listen to podcasts and on the free Electric Now app. This is Mark A. Altman. And this is Darren Dockerman. And we are the Inglorious Trexperts. And the human adventure continues. It continues because again, again, and, again, again. And, again. and again. Yeah, there is no comparison. Thrust us ahead, Mr. Sulu. Take us out. Mr. Spock, every minute brings that object closer to Earth. I need you. I am convinced we are inside a living machine.
Shall I go to battle station, sir? Insatiable curiosity. Spock, you haven't changed a bit. You're just as warm and sociable as ever. <laughs> We got this one off to a good start. I hope so, too. And, you know, uh, we weren't scheduled to do a new episode this week, but honestly, uh, the uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture Director's Edition uh, just uh, dropped on uh, Paramount Plus this week. Uh, there's been a lot, a lot of excitement and talk and chatter. And um it seemed only appropriate that we uh, we talk about uh, what a great week in the history of Star Trek this has been for uh, real fans of uh, the franchise. Um, to, you well, know, uh, not not real fans is a is a loaded uh, loaded I, term. I mean, I mean, dedicated. I don't mean real. Like, I mean, everyone's a fan. Whatever you like. Yes. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that people aren't. There's real and not, not real. Not I'm saying real. Fans. I, I mean, saying- in the sense of dedicated love this franchise committed yes. to this and franchise who have, and who have carried the torch for years and years and years. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, exactly. Exactly. Well, well put, but um, because, you know, whatever you're a fan of, that's what you're a fan of. It doesn't mean yeah. we all have to agree about everything. Um, so anyway, the, 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 this was such an exciting week, such an exciting week. It, it began on Monday with a very, very special screening at Paramount, uh, in the Paramount Theater, in which uh, uh, Dave Fine, Mike Matasino, and yourself, Darren Dockerman, uh, um lifted the curtain. Well, figuratively, there was no curtain. Uh, well, we, we parted the clouds. You, you parted the clouds and revealed the Star Trek The Motion Picture Director's Edition only hours before it debuted on Paramount+. And I have to say, Darren, look, if... if regardless of your involvement or not, I was absolutely blown away. I loved it. I loved it. I was so excited. Um, You know, I really feel the 2002 director's uh, edition for DVD was a proof of concept. This is the movie. This to me is um, I've always, I've always really, you know, um, you know, if I threw on Star Trek, I often would still throw on the theatrical version. I now feel this is the version of the movie that is the definitive version of the film. It's spectacular. Well, I, I, I certainly think so. And uh, uh, that certainly was the wishes of Robert Wise. Um, yeah. When we, uh, when we uh, were able to do it uh, with him in 2000 and 2001, um, it was, uh, you know, it was a great weight lifted off his shoulders uh, to be able to finally release a finished version of the rough cut that was the theatrical edition. Yeah. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, wherever he is now, I, I, I hope that and I think that he is uh, pleased with the outcome. And I'm certain he would be pleased with the great response it's getting. Yeah, but I was really sorry to hear that you won't be involved with the producer's edition, which is Gene Ronberry's uh, 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 cut of the film, which will uh, include 15 minutes more of Aaliyah in the sonic shower. That is well, really you know disappointing. What? As, as the great Mr. Spock once said, there are always possibilities. Uh, <laughs> Could you imagine? You know, it's so interesting. I would love I'd love to see Gene's cut of this movie, given that he was constantly rewriting Harold Livingston. 
yeah. you know, and 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 had very different. Uh, I think Gene would be very actually very pleased with this because this more than any version of the movie really feels like an episode writ large. Yeah, well, it, though it's it, you know though it's called the director's edition, um, it definitely is Gene Roddenberry's edition too because he uh, he nursemaided this project through hell and high water, and he finally you know got it done, and I think it's uh, it's a great tribute to his Star Trek. Uh, it is faithful in spirit and tone to the original series, but it's, it's writ large. And I think it's, uh, it's a great, you know, we talked about this before, but it's a a great new beginning to Star Trek as it evolved into a new level of being. I have to say, I've seen a lot of uh, Star Trek movies in that beautiful Paramount theater, but the new and I don't know if people can appreciate as much on Paramount Plus. I mean, there are you do have that gorgeous HDR, the deep blacks and everything. Mm-hmm. But to see it on that enormous screen that the sound mix and the color timing on this alone, if you would change nothing else would be spectacular. Uh, I mean, the sound is so good and so yeah. clean and so perfectly mixed. A hint of Foley, uh, a, a little bit. You can really hear the sound effects. The music is brilliantly mixed and powerful. Jerry's music has never sounded better. Um, the, the fact that you guys went and 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 into the original ADR um, tracks and, and came up uh, with uh, lines of dialogue that had never been put in the movies, there was no time. You know, mm-hmm. some of the Chekhov dialogue. I just think it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. I- it's a great thing. And again, that that process began 21 years ago when we completely, you know, redid the the sound mix and included a, a bunch of those sound effects that were uh, intended to be used. Um, but uh, there again, the ability over the past 21 years to find those original stems and masters and unused ADR is truly amazing. And uh, Mike Medicino and Bruce Botnick uh, went back and remixed all the uh, music from the original master tapes. And it just sounds amazing. And you know what? I have to I have to think that if we had been given the opportunity to do it in high def back in 2000, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's where it would have ended. And I think in a way we were given a great gift of being able to do it in the future with uh, all these modern methods of making it look and sound the best it possibly could. That's such a great point, because for years, everybody talked about how short-sighted it was not to do it in high def. But in retrospect, um, that would have been it. It's sort of like yeah. the, when they redid the original effects on the original series, which you could argue was too soon and too cheap and all this other stuff. And now they'll never go back and redo it with the technology that exists today. And yeah. you had 20 years to think about what you would do differently. And yeah. I just feel like a lot of those choices were clearly the right choices. I mean, the the the, the enterprise turning around in V'ger is, spec- I mean, it's unbelievable. And and I mean, the mix, it's I mean- It's a tiny thing. It's a, it's tiny, a tiny thing. thing. That's an- it, It's something that you don't notice the first time watching the film because everything's sort of coming at you at once. And it doesn't give you time to think about the logic quote of, uh, of, what's happening in the film. But once you see the, you know, the latest and final version, you see that it all makes sense now. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For the first time. And, and that's another thing I loved about seeing it on the big screen. And people have the chance to do that with the Fathom screenings coming up later this year. Um, the, 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 the trip through V'ger. Captain, I am now quite convinced that all of this is V'ger. That we are inside a living machine. Sensor must contain some special meaning. I must try to mind meld with it. You know, which is more than anything why people would label it the motionless picture back in the day. It's so spectacular. What yeah. you guys did, uh, it, you know, working with, uh, you know, D- Doug Trumbull's original brilliance um, is incredible. It is it is on par with moments in 2001, you know, which was clearly a huge influence on this on this movie. Absolutely. Um, and it's it's really it pulls you in between Jerry's music and the brilliant sound effects. And um, I am. I, I mean, I was just amazed. I mean, I, I remember coming out of the theater and I, I saw my good friend, our good friend of the show, Rob Burnett, um, and uh, he was equally um, just blown away. And, and everyone, it was such an interesting evening because it really was an evening of Trexperts, not just us, yeah. but, but uh, of Trexpertise, I should say. All the leading figures in Trexpertise, because they're not all Trexperts. All the, all the professional Trek fans who have uh, made a career on their own and who are successful, each and every one of them, um, and who are also Star Trek fans. It's, it was really an amazing gathering, and I don't think we're ever going to see that again. No, absolutely not, because there's nothing that would bring us all together, you know, like Star Trek The Motion Picture, which we all have such a love for. I mean... To, I spent, you know, thanks to you, I, uh, you know, uh, I never really spent a lot of time with James Cawley, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I, the, I, uh, I, the, I, the owner of the uh, uh, Star Trek original series uh, set tour in Ticonderoga, New York. And we spent a bunch of time together after the screening. And, you know, it was such a delight. I mean, he's such a great guy and such a huge, uh, you know, fan and what he's done for... Um, to preserve the, the the original series and you know the brilliance of its production design and art direction and everything through the yeah. studio tour. So it was great to spend time with with James. Obviously, our good friend Rob Burnett was there. Jeff Bond, who wrote the art of Star Trek: The Motion Picture, with Gene Kaziki, they were both there uh, with bells on. Or in the case of Jeff Bond, he was dressed as. He number was dressed as number six, six from the from prisoner. The, I'm not quite sure how it fit into the theme, <laughs> but it was cool. And I, I, you know, I had him do that little uh, circle thing uh, that they do the um, by any be other, the, you know, be seeing you. I, but I was afraid in the picture, people would think sometimes it was like QAnon supporter or oh something. My but uh, he was doing the uh, Patrick McGowan uh, by any other name uh, thing. And uh, I'm trying to think. Um, you know, you, there are a lot of people who were involved with the film originally. Of course, Mike Akuda and Denise were there and yep. uh, Doug Drexler, yep. uh, a lot of previous uh, guests on the show. Um, but, you know, longtime fans of Star Trek, um, you know, who were there, you know, from the very beginning. Uh, and, and so many people that want to be Tony Tipone from uh, not Tony Tipone, Tony uh, 
uh, Trek movie guy. Tony, Tony, uh, Tony Montana, Tony. Uh, oh, Tony, I'm Anthony, sorry. I... Anthony Pascal. Anthony Pascal. Anthony Pascal. Anthony yes. Pascal. Tony Pascal. <laughs> so uh, he was there. He was a. Uh, he was giddy. Um, and uh, just so many Larry Nemechek, uh, so many uh, people who have. Um, yeah, are, Dave, Dave Rossi was there. Da- and, the great uh, Dave Rossi. So great yeah. to see Dave. We love Dave. Um, and he was he was, you know, thrilled. And he'd gone through this, you know, with the original uh, series doing the effects. But again, yeah. he he kind of was in that situation you were many years ago. Not enough time, not enough technology, yeah. not enough money. Uh, and just did the best he could, and, and some great work came out of it. And well, you not, know, to, not to tell any secrets, but we were still in the same boat this time. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know, I, I know, I know, I know. And you know, that's why. Look, whatever quibbles people have, and I, I, I'm not gonna look. There are two little things that I didn't like. Two little tiny. Who cares? Who cares? The, the, the sum is greater than the whole of its part. And if there's not something that you can nitpick, then obviously you're not watching carefully enough. Yeah. But I mean, the reality is. It's such an it's so it's so sensational. The, the, the reality the, is it should never have happened. It should have never happened. Right. It's a miracle the, that the happened. odds against it are infinitesimal. 20, 20 years. You guys have been going up this hill trying like Sisyphus. It would yeah. get close. And I can say this. I didn't sign an NDA. It got close. And then it wouldn't happen. And it got close. And then it wouldn't happen. We hear rumors. Oh, it's finally going to happen. Never happened. So, you know, whatever you think, all these people are like, oh, Paramount Plus, I got to spend the six dollars. It's like, how much you pay for a movie ticket? You, you know, know what? Thank heaven for Paramount. Damn right. I, I don't have a lot of great things to say about that. But in this case, absolutely. They stepped up. They did the right thing. And they yeah. finally put it on the homepage. So yeah. that's great. Good for them. Yeah. And uh, good for them to support the archival value of Star Trek. Because what people don't really know is, look, years ago, for the 50th anniversary of Star Trek, um, I did this great screening series at the Cinematheque. I, I'm not sure why. I always oh, tie in with my book, I think it was. So um, we screened a ton of Star Trek, you know, and it was great. But we wanted, obviously, to screen Star Trek, the motion picture, because it's a remarkable mm-hmm. film. It's a very important film. And... Um, that print, I couldn't even watch it. It was so it was so pink. Um, you know, it had gone the, the colors and everything had it was uh, shameful. Yeah, it was embarrassing. In fact, people won their money shame. back. That was one of those screens. So now there exists a 4K um version of the picture that can be projected. Um, and it looks so good. And there's not all this DNR where you scrubbed all the grain or anything. Yeah. It looks like film. It looks like a film. It yeah. looks like the best version of the film that has ever existed. And that's what I loved also about the majority of the visual effects, where you recomposited some of the original uh, 65 millimeter elements rather than trying to recreate things in CG. It looks so good. It yeah. looks so good. You know, and, and it's like, I, I, you know, honestly, you, you know, I don't care about like the little minutiae, like, oh, in 1979, you know, we didn't have this or this or this didn't matter. It's like, I, I care about the whole thing. And it was like, it, you told the story. That's all I care about. Do you tell this? Is the story better? Are the characters deeper, more rich? Yes. Yes, they are. You know, that's, it, the, that's one of the great things about the director's edition cut is that it does fulfill the need that the actors uh, complained about so many, for so many years that it wasn't about the characters. Well, it is. It mm-hmm. just wasn't cut together correctly. And 
you know, uh, Leonard Nimoy was very upset with the theatrical version. And for years, he badmouthed it, rightly so, because it cut out whole sections of Spock's transformation in the film, which is really what the film is about. Yes, it's, it's his about evolution. His, his Spock's evolution and the characters that go along with him. Why? Why it's Mr. Spock. Spock. Commander, if I may. Oh. And that's what's so important about this movie that people have missed because it wasn't there. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, when when Leonard saw it back in 2001, he had uh, very nice things to say about it. And I think that it sort of fixed those problems that he had with it. Uh, and that's and such a great sequence. That whole is. handheld uh, sequence where we're basically seeing everyone on the bridge. We're and then, the bridge. And then yeah. we find, the camera finds Spock. And, and he turned turns, away from us. And he yeah. turns around and reveal the fact that he has tears in his eyes for Fiji. Yeah. It's, it's, it's gorgeous. And I have to say, you know, it really comes across great. Uh, one of my problems with the movie originally was the fact that they they didn't have wild walls for the bridge. That, you know, mm -hmm. that they, they, so everything is very like tight. I mean, that Star Trek, the motion picture almost was a bottle show. That's so much. Right. So I'm like, you know, it, it felt, you know, could feel very claustrophobic. What came across in this is how great those split diopter shots are and yeah. how how really well directed the movie is, you know, that it's not you know, this is not something like the TV show. I mean, the, the, right. the, the way that it's the, not just establishing close up, close up. And very few of those and very few over the shoulders are a couple. But for the most part, he does these split diopter shots where he keeps everything in focus. You know, yeah. I, I, and normally, you know, with a normal you know lens, you would have what it's in the foreground and focus and the background be out of focus or vice versa. But yeah. he keeps everything in focus. So he has these really interesting two shots. Um, that's that's it's I mean, it's, it's really an ambitious, interesting film technically. Um, and the way that David Klein, the late David Klein shot it and the way Richard, Richard, Klein. Richard Klein. Right. And yeah. why do I say David Klein? Who's David know. Klein? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's a, 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 a salesman or something. Yeah, David Klein. But, but Richard Klein. And of course, um, the, the, the way it's beautifully directed by Bob Wise, David Wise. But um, <laughs> speaking of which uh, was um, uh, Bob Wise's son, who is the first AD, Doug Wise at the screening. Uh, I don't think so. Oh, OK, but then Glenn Campbell was there. Not Glenn the singer. Was there. Yeah, oh. no, Glenn Campbell, who uh, worked on the original uh, movie and uh, uh, photographed a lot of the uh, elements that we wound up uh, finding and uh, recompositing. Um, he was there uh, with his uh, girlfriend, Tammy Klein, and uh, they were just ecstatic about it. And Glenn is, uh, was very sweet and told me how much he enjoyed it, um, which that, you know, that that means a lot to me. The people who put in so mm -hmm. much horrific work back then that uh, that didn't get, you know, either recognized or even uh, understood. Uh, but uh, it's it's so great that, uh, you know, I, I've become friends with a lot of people who worked on the original and uh, my admiration for them is boundless after certainly after dealing with uh, some of the stuff that we had to on this project. Um, the fact that they got anything released in 1979 at all is truly a miracle. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, like I said, I'm not a special effects nerd. So like, you know, some, you know, some of the minutia, you know, I, I just don't care about, but I mean, yeah. I just, I care about the characters and I care, you know, and it's like how it, it affects me it emotionally. Should about, it should and, be about the impact of the whole thing. And it's so powerful. It's so powerful. It's so great. Um, and I just, you know, like I said, if, you know, in the past, you know, if I was throwing a movie, I probably would still throw on the theatrical for that's just me. But now this will be the version that I want to watch. This takes the best of theatrical, best of the ABC cut. I mean, I like to have them all for the archival purposes, but um, but this is the version that I want to watch. I mean, how could you not? It sounds so much better. It looks so much better, yeah. you know, and I think the choices, you know, look, obviously under the aegis of Robert Wise, who explained what he 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 liked and wanted to accomplish, you know, 20 years ago. Um, you know, obviously there's a reason that he was a brilliant cutter. I mean, this is the man yeah. who cut Citizen Kane. And, yeah. um, you know, uh, he, his instincts are completely validated. Yeah. And we all know the stories, how there wasn't enough time and there wasn't an yeah. ability to have a test screening or anything else. No test screenings. And, and they basically had to take the visual effects, who were, which were arriving wet on the reels and cut it in and ship it out. I mean, that, 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 you know, the funny thing is, you know, uh, this week, this month, um, Paramount Plus is doing the offer about the making of The Godfather, which is a, yeah. a great story. It's an amazing story uh, behind The Godfather and incredible that it happened, incredible that it was a success and that the movie is one of the great movies of all time. There is a movie in the history of Star Trek, the motion picture. It is so, so remarkable um, the, the, what, what, what it went through, the Herculean efforts to get it to the screen initially, and that it yeah. even held together remotely at the time is remarkable. I mean, yeah. everything from the apogee to, you know, um, and, and, and Doug Trumbull having to come in uh, to replace Robert Abel, but uh, you know, the, the fights between Roddenberry and uh, Harold Livingston and yeah. getting Harold Livingston to keep, keep kept quitting and coming back. And, uh, you know, Katzenberg using this to build his uh, bona fides at the company. And it, it's just there's so much going on there. And then the cast and then the whole way that, you know, when their contract uh, provisions cut in where they could start weighing in on everything. Yeah. Um, it's really, you know, an incredible story. And um, I think that it would make a phenomenal MOW oh my God. It or miniseries. It would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but, uh, you know, who would play Shatner? I don't know. You can't find anybody. There's nobody who can capture that amount of uh, that charisma in a bottle. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Uh, might have to do it as a, a CG animated show. Right. What is it? What is that thing? <laughs> the technology? And I have to say, look, compare this to the Star Wars special editions where, I mean, you look at when those were done in the 90s. Those effects, you know, don't hold up compared to the. Uh, you know, miniature and optical work that was done in 77, you know, which is so much better. I mean, it, 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 you know, and, you know, those decisions that were made were just so ill-conceived. Whereas on this, it's just like, you know, everything is there for a reason. It makes sense. It's just, you know, there's not like giddy little, you know, weird little like diversions and, well, you know. Not, not at all to denigrate the hard work that people did on the on the Star Wars special editions. But as you say, the the intent is different. The intent was on the Star Wars special editions to basically develop technology to use on the prequels. Yep. And have Fox pay for it. But even if you go by what Lucas said, which was, I wanted to do things that I couldn't accomplish in 77. The technology wasn't there, right? Um, yeah. 
that's not what Star Trek The Motion Picture was. It was no. to do what could have been done then, but you didn't, there wasn't the time yeah. because of the blind booking and being locked in the theaters on December 7th. Even if the movie had been pushed to summer, six, yeah. six months later, they, they, the need for this would have been moot. Yeah, yeah. So, um, And again, the intent was never to, um, to spice it up and make it palatable for modern audiences. Not at all. No, no. And if people are looking at it that way, they're going to be disappointed, frankly, because it still is a a movie from its time. It looks better than it ever has, but it's not intended to be, you know, a whiz bang uh, roller coaster of a movie. It just never was that. And it shouldn't be. It's uh, it is Star Trek. That's the one thing it yeah. is. This is the very DNA of Star Trek. You know, it's yep. about. People who are are struggling, uh, you know, Spock struggling with his emotions and ultimately discovering, you know, a humanity, you know, through it's, what's going on with V'ger. Um, it's the representation of the best Earth and, and uh, other planets have to offer going out, looking at unknown things, discovering, trying to understand. Why have two carbon units entered V'ger? They want to contact Vija. Ilea. Does Vija object to the presence of the two carbon units? The carbon units are of no consequence. Vija will determine their purpose. Their purpose is to survive. That is also Vija's purpose. You said Vija's purpose was to find and join with the Creator. That is how he will survive. I wish to continue my observations. Yeah, that's what Star Trek is. And this big sci-fi mystery. I just, you know, Kirk, like, you know, he doesn't want to scan the thing because it could be, you know, interpreted as a hostile act. He's using what he learned about what Epsilon 9 did. It has all these great, cool stuff with, you know. And again, no villain. No villain, yeah. It's an antagonist. It's something that we don't understand. Why is it everything we don't understand? <laughs> always call it antagonist. Um, but you know, it it's it's heavier Star Trek, yes. But it also is more enlightened Star Trek because it asks the audience to go with it and experience what the crew is. Veger is a child. I suggest you treat her as such. A child? Yes, Captain. A child. Evolving, learning, searching, instinctively needing. Needing what? Spock, this child is about to wipe out every living thing on Earth. Now, what do you suggest we do? Spank it. It knows only that it needs, Commander. But like so many of us, it does not know what. The carbon units know why the creator has not responded. Disclose the information. Not until Vija withdraws the devices orbiting the third planet. Captain, I'm losing Starfleet. Interference from Vija. Kirk unit, disclose the information. Why has the creator not responded? No. Secure all stations. Clear the bridge. 
Clear the bridge, Captain? That was the order, Mr. Sulu. Clear the bridge. Aye, sir. And I'm glad you don't give in to like sort of like, you know, this 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 desire by certain aspects of the fandom is like they just want everything in there. You know, they want every every yeah. square foot of film film just dumped in there, you know, because obviously the whole um, Sulu showing Ilea the helm doesn't have any place in this movie. Why wouldn't why would an expert helmswoman uh, need to be instructed in how the helm works? She wouldn't have been hired to work on the bridge if she wasn't great at what she did. You know, she, it's the same reason you took the thruster pack instructions out. What, Spock yeah. doesn't know how to use a thruster yeah. pack? So as much as I like that whole thing in the theatrical, because it's kind of cool and everything, yeah. but it's for the audience, but for it's Spock, for it makes no sense. Right. And, and um, you know, the, so many of these other scenes that, like, you know, were, were cut for very good reasons. The stuff that's back is back for a reason. Right. You know, and, often and, and a lot of this, a lot of the lines that were cut that people love and, and remember and it's imprinted on their brains. A lot of those lines were there just in case there was no visual effects to show it. Right. 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 Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. Uh, you know, like but poor Sulu saying the new screens held. Right. Well, we but just no saw that they did. <laughs> and, uh, and it's OK. Uh, we know they held because you're still here talking. Yeah. So right. it's all fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so funny. That's such a good point. It's like, okay, well, we didn't have the special effects. We have to say it because yeah. the special effects may not have been ready. We may not have seen it. And, That's and such course, a good point. Che and of course, Chekhov's saying, we're out of it. <laughs> right. Duh. <laughs> we know. <laughs> yeah, these, I, are, these are those things that, that Robert Wise himself was very specific about. And uh, he knew what was necessary. And and uh, he he told us how to do it. Here's the glorious thing, right? We we we've 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 heard, seen this movie literally, I'm sure, over a hundred times, right? If not more than that, maybe a thousand. I don't know. So of course, this stuff is imprinted on our brain, and when we don't hear it, but as time goes on and this becomes the version, you know, less and less will you think about that. But the great thing is, unlike Star Wars, where they're trying to pretend that I will say the real version, the original versions don't exist. Right. You're not trying to supplant it. You're saying, no, you can get the watch the original. You can watch, you know, some of us can still watch the ABC cut if they want. I don't know why, uh, unless you like looking at soundstage walls. Um, and, uh, you know, and then there's, there's there's this. So nobody's trying to erase the past, you right. know, and, and, and that's the thing that always bothered me about Star Wars. It's like, you know, if there are people who want to watch the special edition, that's great. But, you know, absolutely. Uh, but but, you know, trying to, you know, just erase what existed before. I mean, that was the thing I loved about what Charlie and Warner Brothers did with the Blade Runner uh, uh, Blu-ray set. Everything's available to you. Yeah. So it's your choice. You can watch what, you know, Ridley Scott considers the definitive version, which I'm not sure I agree. I kind of yeah. like the theatrical version of Blade Runner, you know? I do, I so, do too, but so we have the choice. We have the choice. Exactly. It's all about choices. Now, we got a bunch of comments uh, I want to read you just a few and I have not edited them. So I'm reading them. Okay. I, I, you know, so I don't know what they're going to say because I'm just I've read them. But, you know, I, it requires effort. You know, I don't really have a team of people here to, like, prepare the show for me. No and I got no, no, team. Team, no team, you know, so it's like I don't really do research. I'm not Steve Melching. So here we are. This is the time for individual achievement. <laughs> so let's see what we got here. <laughs> Tom Kuchar uh, uh, on Facebook says just finished watching was gobsmacked. 
I was so tempted to find every little alteration, but was just pulled in by the cinematic beauty of the visuals and sound mix. Truly amazing. Many thanks to DRD and all the DE crew for the gift to all of us fans, as well as preserving Robert Wise's legacy. That's beautiful. I totally agree with that. Christopher Corrin says, such joy captured in this beautiful image. I'm so happy for you, Darren. Thank you for keeping the faith and delivering this miracle. Well, I'm, I knew you would want it. It's been a long time since you delivered a baby. I think we got this one off to a good start. Well, I, I, I just I just also want to say that, um, you know, uh, I, I love I love getting, you know, personal uh, accolades. But um, I am reminded every time that it was absolutely a team effort led by Dave Fine, Mike Matasino and myself. And we had an amazing group of people. So while I, I love the, the personal uh, uh, shout outs, uh, I just want to make sure that everyone shares. But they know you. You're like a friend. You're in their car. You're in their house. You're in their bedroom every week. Right. Sure. So sure. they know you. They don't know those guys. Yeah. Plus, you have the best well, personality of those three people. So um, I don't know about that. But <laughs> so they they certainly they, the uh, the most hammy. So so they 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 feel like they 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 know you. But of course, it's good to to share the um, share. And of course, Adam Mojo Leibowitz, who was at the Absolutely. screening. Great to see uh, Mojo. I haven't seen him in a long time. I wish I'd gotten to spend more time with him. I hadn't really didn't really get to see. But you know, by the time the party was over, I was exhausted. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, I'm not as young as I used to be. And no. so I think around, you know, 1230, I had to call it quits. But, you know, but yeah. I'm sure Mojo was there till three in the morning. But, uh, you know, whatever. That's that's I, I, I'm, I'm glad everybody had a good time. And uh, that was that's what it was for. The Trexperts Roundtable. We need to plan a podcast episode with both groups of Trexperts. I don't know who that is to discuss Darren's incredible work on this 4K masterpiece. Both groups. Is that you and me or is that Ashley? I, I, I don't know. The, I think the Trexperts Roundtable is another podcast. Oh, I see. Got it. OK, got it. Oh, that's cool. Well, good for them. Um, they're violating our trademark, but that's OK. Uh, I, I appreciate the support and, and I wish them well. That's awesome. A, a, any listeners of this podcast are, are welcome. Uh, let's see. Um, Paul Burza, did we just see the beginnings of a new life form? Yes, you did. <laughs> uh, a lot of congratulations. I'm going to skip over. Uh, Mark Zutkoff, uh, Mark Zutkoff, uh, just finished watching a Paramount Magnificent Restoration. Loved it. Congrats to Darren and the entire team who worked on it. I also see the team, team. It's not the time team. for individual achievement. It's team. <laughs> I also like that some line readings from the theatrical cut, which were changed to alternate versions for the 2000 edition were restored. Just one thing, there are several mistakes in the closed captioning, which might wind up in the subtitles if they're not corrected. Okay, yeah, uh, I've heard, so what? We know, and they're being, they're being, <laughs> being fixed. People who, who have been responsible have been sacked. Oh, you know, there you go. That, that's that uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail uh, uh, explanation at the beginning of the movie. Some of the lines don't match the spoken dialogue, like DeFalco's heading, sir. Well, you know, DeFalco, lucky she can well, get a word out. The, the, uh, the ex-Mrs. Ex Shatner was certainly riveting on screen. <laughs> someone at Paramount should review that. Okay. Otherwise, well done. By the way, speaking of, uh, you know, one person I didn't give a shout out to who deserves it more than anybody is Eddie Egan, uh, a Absolutely. frequent guest on our show, uh, you know, who was published to somebody in Star Trek. He has been... A, a a proselytizer, a keeper of the flame for this movie. Um, since the beginning. Since the beginning. He knew what this could be. He 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 is a he I love Eddie Egan. I just yep. think he's he was great to me as a kid and he had no idea who the fuck I was. And uh 
you know, he's been great to us on the show and I just love his passion for yeah. Star Trek. And it comes from, you know, such a place of deep love on his part. And uh, he's, he's the best. He's, he's I so was great. So, so glad to see him there on Monday night. He um, loved it. Yeah. He loved it. And you know what? That's why I don't care. You know, some of these idiots on Facebook, they don't even know what it takes to make a movie. And, you know, all they care about is their little uh, minutia nonsense. Somebody like Eddie Egan give, validating it. That's all you need. You know what? Eddie Egan and I liked it. Who who cares what anybody else thinks? Look, everyone's entitled to their opinion. And uh, that's whatever. my opinion, too. That's my opinion, too. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Russell Myers. Oh, because this is the picture of you, me and Scott Mance, the other Trek expert. Um, no, Trek enthusiast. Excuse me. It's the metamor- it's the metamorphosis of motion pictures. Yeah. By the way, I did Scott Mance's podcast. I hope you're not jealous. He asked me. That's so fine. yeah, no. And uh, it was no, you, I, you go, you go and do Scott Mance's. Podcast. I, you know, he asked, and you know, so I, I, you know, I normally don't like to do other people's podcasts because that's okay. I had dinner with him last night. So oh, that's okay. nice. Oh, that's good. So I, he's probably grooming you to t- do his podcast. No doubt. So I did by any other name. It was a lot of fun. I had a good time. Oh, good. And his his uh, co-host Scott Morris is a very nice guy, and um, I enjoyed it. Although I, they had me on for like it was like two hours. I'm like. I mean, it's like I, they squeeze me in for like a morning podcast. I'm like, OK. And then um, and it's like it just went on and on. I'm like, look at my watch. You just like, kept talking about Rojan. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> More like Barbara Boucher. Um, OK, let's see. Um, Hank Drake Ferrer watching now looks and sounds fab. Um, and uh, there's so many other comments, so many other comments. But I don't know how to access this stuff on Facebook. Um I literally don't. Sometimes it's a message. Sometimes it's a comment. I don't freaking know. Um, but there's a, a ton on Twitter, too. And I don't want to go through all of them. But let me just see if I can find a couple of quick, quick, uh, quick comments uh, from our listeners um, about this wonderful achievement, because you deserve to take the bow, my friend. You deserve to take the bow. Um, let's see. Um, ah, this is nice. Pop culture preacher. Something I've always truly appreciated about the Star Trek franchise is that when they do restorations, they do so in the service of story. The original series and motion picture are a chef's kiss. Thanks to, to all of you in keeping original Trek fresh and fetching. That's a great comment. I, I want to nice. I want to point out I want to point out that is a really excellent point, because when they did the original uh, effects, that was Dave Rossi, Mike and Denise. These people know and love Star Trek. Uh, uh, they are passionate fans. They understand it. And they did everything they could to protect it and do it right. And were yeah. relentless to, to get it, to get blood from a stone. Right. And it's the same thing with the motion picture. You and Dave and Mike, you love Bob Wise and you love Star Trek. Yeah. And you did right by it. You know, there was never a decision. It was never about you. You guys all sublimated your egos, you know, to do right well, by Bob we- and... We tried to live by the uh, by the method of the Brotherhood of the Cruciform Sword in uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Whose glory do you do this for? The movies or yourselves? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, it's all about the movie. There's a lot of things you could have done that you didn't that, you know, you know, and, and Easter eggs and shit that you could have thrown in, which you didn't because that's not what Bob Wise would have done. You know, and 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 that's well, why this is fair, there's a there's a couple Easter eggs in there. But, oh, are there? No. Okay. But he 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 went along with them. So it's they okay. were subtle, subtle. Yeah. 
Very subtle. <laughs> so, oh, by the way, David Landon, it has nothing to do with you. Just finished listening to the hour 25 interview with Harlan Ellison about the Star Lost. Great stuff that we oh, recommended on last week's show. We were saying that if you're interested in the, the horrifying saga of the Star Lost, you should listen to Harlan on uh, I, I, hour 25. I put up a photo, I put up a photo from the Star Lost uh, on my Facebook page uh, of uh, John Colicos and uh, Barry Morse in an episode together. And uh, it's just one of those uh, wonderful, goofy things that uh, I really enjoy about that crazy show. Well, it's like when you watch Alexander the Great and you see Shatner and yeah. Adam West and Adam West Joseph together. Cotton together. Like yeah, the world's colliding in front of your eyes. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it's it's absolutely true. And um, you know, it was interesting last week's episode because yeah, I know we skipped. We didn't do Stargate. We didn't do the Expanse. Yeah. Um, you know, we, you know, it was a long show. We had just done a 430 movie and it was like, I was done as you were you. And, and uh, there were a couple, of, but people really loved that we mentioned uh, Land of Lost. So I'm grateful that Steve brought that up. Um, and, and there was and so. You got to remember uh, the Stargate and the Expanse are a little after our time. Uh, we were, we were going from a more uh, 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 looking from the past. And that's the reason for that. That's why we I don't know if I'd agree with that. Stuff. Yeah, no, that, that's why we concentrated on the stuff from our childhood. Well, it was more interesting because it was more esoteric. Like, yeah. I think that, you know, Stargate and The Expanse are more. Plus, also, you know, look, I know everyone loves The Expanse. I'm sure it's a great show. It's just not, wasn't my cup of tea, to, you know. But uh, so I didn't have much to say about it. And yeah. I've never watched Stargate. I've literally and, never and watched Stargate. We try not to talk about stuff that we don't understand. Right. Because there are other so, people who can talk about it. Yeah. They can, yeah. talk, they can do it way better than we can. By the way, I was talking how much I can't, you know, I don't care about minutia, but I do love the fact that you fixed the uh, rank insignias for Spock and McCoy at the end of the picture. I got so many wonderful comments from that. Yeah. Uh, Spock and uh, McCoy's jacket for the last shot of them, they switched jackets. We don't quite know exactly why it happened. Maybe they were frustrated that there were too many takes of it, but uh, that's the take that was used. And in the theatrical, Spock is wearing a green band and McCoy's wearing an orange. And uh, now it's fixed. Spock. Did we just see the beginning of a new life form? Yes, Captain. We witnessed a birth. Possibly a next step in our evolution. I wonder. Well, it's been a long time since I delivered a baby. And I hope we got this one off to a good start. I hope so, too. I think we gave it the ability to create its own sense of purpose out of our own human weaknesses and the drive that compels us to overcome them. And a lot of foolish human emotions, right, Mr. Spock? Quite true, Doctor. Unfortunately, it will have to deal with them as well. It arrived from Starfleet. They're requesting damage and injury reports and complete vessel status. Report two casualties. Lieutenant Ilea. Captain Decker. Aye, sir. Correction. They're not casualties. They are. List them as missing. Vessel status fully operational. Aye, sir. Mr. Scott. Shall we give the Enterprise a proper shakedown? I would say it's time for that, sir. Aye. We can have you back on Vulcan in four days, Mr. Spock. Unnecessary, Mr. Scott. My task on Vulcan is completed. Mr. Sulu, ahead warp one. Warp one, sir. 
heading, sir? Out there. That away. For all, for all time, which is fantastic. Yeah. yeah, it's just funny. I mean, I remember, I think I found out, I did not notice that when I watched the movie originally, but I think it was yeah. a creation convention, like 1981. They were showing it on videotape and right. someone pointed out, they said, oh, look how the, the bands changed at the end. Wow, what? I never noticed that. Huh. And now I, I could never unsee it. And yeah. uh, so the fact that you fixed it was like, uh, was 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 really cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, Scott loved it too. Scott demands Star Trek enthusiast. I think he liked it more than Metamorphosis. I don't know for sure, but he 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 loved it. And it was great to see him so excited. Um, yeah. And then, you know, what was really nice was um, our good friend Steve Asbell was there with his son and Cliff Stevenson, yep. the great uh, uh, Blu-ray uh, DVD producer. He had his son. His son loved it, seeing him for the first time. It, it's so funny that a bunch of our friends brought their kids. Mm-hmm. And the response was, holy cow, they really enjoyed it. Yeah, my that's son's like, a fan that's of That's like music from heaven. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that means that there is hope that the human adventure is just beginning. Yeah. I mean, it's so great. Well, it's great because, you know, there's this mistaken impression that this movie is somehow slow. You know, it's like all these bat people, we talked about this, oh, bat- the Batman is three hours, is too long. And it's like, you know, Star Trek motion picture. It's like, I wish Star Trek motion picture was longer. If there was more and more. I, I mean, we- you know what? I honestly, they get more story and pacing into two slightly plus hours than certain shows do in, uh, you know, six hours episodes. So, yeah, yeah, you could say that. Not and saying just anything did. specifically, but. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Somebody said watching a bit of the new 4K director. This is Matt, he, him watching a bit of the new um, 4K director's edition of Star Trek Motion Picture and appreciating the shimmering font in the opening credits and the expansive mix to Jerry Goldsmith's score. Even the attack, now this is, oh yeah, he said, even the attack on the birds of prey has lighting animation with real character to it. Now I have to okay. say- First, they aren't birds of prey. That's what I, I couldn't help myself. It, it's are, Klingon battle cruisers. They're not birds Klingon of prey. battle cruisers, Klingon heavy Katinga battle cruisers. And uh, it's okay though. Welcome yeah. welcome to the, to the family. No, no, I, look, and I hate, you know, being that guy because I, I I can't stand these like OCD people who are always, I don't mean that there's anything wrong with OCD. I mean, people, <laughs> I'm using that as a term of explaining, like when they, they're focused on like the tiny minutia thing. It's just, right. it's just, I love those, those. I mean, I built that model kit. I love the freaking yeah. battle cruisers. And and so, and, and I hated, we all hate the fact that in Star Trek 3, they start calling Klingon ships birds of prey when it was the Romulan ship. So it's just a personal thing that rubs me the wrong way. Matt, it's awesome that you said that. I'm so glad you liked it. It's not a criticism. It's just one of those things that gets me crazy because I'm insane. Um, We will will continue to try and educate people and not put them down. Absolutely. We are definitely not. Um, oh, this is a, it was a thing on TV podcast says, uh, in the Gene Roddenberry, uh, producer's edition, there will also be more of those love coaches from the novelization. You nice. are absolutely right. In fact, that, that's who, who's this on the bridge. Oh, it's my love coach. That's, oh my goodness. That'd be great. We, we, we can find that's some hilarious. ADR for that. Um, so, uh, just uh, so many nice, uh, comments. Um, and it's nice to read all these nice things about you, um, and the team. 
and this this version of the picture. What was it like for you? So what was it like for you that night? Because nobody had seen this. You know, you're there. All these wonderful people are there to celebrate. You know, it's this thing you've been working on nonstop, super, you know, for for eight months now or 20 years, depending on how you look at it. Right. Um, how, how, what was it like for you? To be honest, I I couldn't get too excited about it. I, I was sort of very reserved and uh, just hoping that everything would go well and people would like it and and uh, that it would be good enough, honestly, because it's a it's a huge burden to carry for something that I loved so much as a 12 year old yeah. and thought was the greatest ex, uh, uh, example of Star Trek visually, uh, story wise and emotion wise. Uh, that, that simple uh, feeling. Yeah, it was it, it was a big it was a big weight because um, I just wanted it to be out there and OK. I wanted yeah. the baby to be fine. Yeah. Um, but uh, afterwards, just reading all these wonderful, uh, uh, you know, uh, messages from people, it makes me feel so much better. And uh, I, I, I hope we gave it a good start. Yeah. One of the big disappointments for me, my, my mother was in town. And of course, you know, when as chronicled in Free Enterprise, when I went to see Star Trek The Motion Picture in 1979, the theater had had some problems, I guess, when they screened The Warriors. So they weren't letting kids into the movies after four o'clock without a, an adult guardian. So when I tried to get into Star Trek The Motion Picture with my friends, we'd race there after school, after middle school. And they wouldn't let us in. And I panicked. I'm like, I, nobody's going to keep me from seeing Star Trek The Motion Picture. So after I looked for an emergency exit, which I couldn't find, I went rushing to the uh, Brooklyn Savings Bank where I knew my mom would be coming home from work to deposit her paycheck long before ATMs and, and begged her to take us to Star Trek The Motion Picture, which she did, much to her everlasting chagrin. But it was a wonderful thing she did. It was, you know, obviously she knew how important this was to me. And uh, it was so great of her to take us to see the movie. So, you know, it just so happened she was here uh, for my son's bar mitzvah for um, the uh, um, for that weekend for that weekend. So I said, do you want to come take me to start the motion picture again, which she was going to do. And unfortunately, uh, due to some things that transpired, she wasn't able to at the last second. And um, but it would have been so delightful. But she did give me a note. She said, please make sure that Mark is allowed into the Star Trek, the motion picture screening. Oh, my goodness. That's so <laughs> and of course, it's not rated G for kids anymore. I know. I know. I know. But uh, but fortunately, they did let me in. And uh, my the guest who I did bring was was delighted because uh, he got to come in her place and enjoyed the uh, uh one of my executives at cw just uh and he's a huge star trek fan and he loved That's it awesome and he hadn't seen it he hadn't seen the director's edition so right. he really enjoyed uh, seeing this version of the picture it's, it's so gratifying to hear that uh a bunch of people who had missed the director's edition on dvd back then uh have uh, now been exposed to it and it's such a, it's such a great thing to see that they can now enjoy it um I just talked to my mom this morning and she watched the film yesterday for the first time. Wow. Did she like it? Uh, she's, you know. Yeah. You know, okay. I, I don't. She, she said she liked it. I can't imagine that uh, it was as riveting uh, to her as uh, it is to me, certainly. Um, but uh, she said she enjoyed it and she enjoyed watching uh, the actors and, uh, and uh, said that uh, Bill Shatner uh, looked great. <laughs> And uh, and that it was uh, it was nice to see all of them uh, together. 
and uh, she loved seeing my name at the end. Of the yeah, credit, I bet. So. I bet. Well, I remember when my mom took me. The one thing I remember when I, she took me to see when I was twelve or whatever I was when I saw a Star Trek motion picture was. I said, "So, mom, what do you think?" She said, "I like when the ship jumps, goes fast, and it has that rainbow behind it." I'm like, "That's what you like." So do we. Yeah. So so <laughs> so, and it was funny because I remember, you know, she she actually did love Star Wars. So when she went to see Empire, um, I, I said, "Oh, what do what, what do you think, of Empire?" She said, "I love." When the ship goes to fast and it leaves into that, you know, trail hyperspace, he goes, yeah. I said, so I was really disappointed that it didn't happen till the end, that the ship couldn't go really fast in the, in the space tunnel. And I'm, I'm just like, that's what your takeaway from the Empire Strikes Back is. <laughs> but yeah, I was, it was, it was, in a way it was, it was disappointing that my mother couldn't come. But in a way, I think I dodged a bullet with the fact that she couldn't come because I think I would be looking over and wondering if she's enjoying us. And uh, like I said, I was able to bring somebody who actually really enjoyed it. And I was able to stay much later and, and yeah. sort of, you know, because that's the other part of the experience that you don't get, you know, you don't get on Paramount Plus is being around all these like-minded individuals because yeah. we could all talk about it. And it's funny because our one of our producers on the show, Peter Holmstrom, who uh, our guest host on um, uh, Trek's Briefing Room, an entirely different podcast, um, said, I've never seen you look, because it was a great picture of you, me, and Scott. I've never seen you look so happy. And uh, I said, yeah, of course, because they had an abundance of non-sparkling bottled water. <laughs> which was is true. I mean, I have to give them credit. They had a ton of bottled water and a lot of candy. So what's not to be happy about? Star Trek candy, non-sparkling bottled water. That's my. They did a, they did a great job making everybody feel uh, happy and uh, well fed and uh, well uh, uh, well aquified. Well aquified, exactly. <laughs> I was a little too well hydrated. I had to watch it again that night because I missed like a scene or two because you know I was too too hydrated that uh, during the. Uh, uh, the screening, but um, it's great. And it's great that it's there and you can just watch it. And, uh, you know, obviously the, this is not telling tales out of school, but the studios announced it. There'll be the physical version uh, coming out uh, this fall. And it's funny because I did see on Twitter, somebody was saying, um, or it's a good friend. I, I don't know. It was, it wasn't collecting Trek, but it was a, one of our, our good um, uh, followers of fans of the show, and they said, "I don't, I don't know. Should I watch it on Paramount Plus? Buy Paramount Plus, or should I get the physical media?" And I said, "It's not Sophie's Choice. You could do it's both. Not an either or. Watch it now and buy it later. It's, that's yeah. what I'm doing. I mean, how many times have we bought Star Trek motion picture? Let's think. Every time. I didn't get it on Viewmaster. I have to tell you, but I had the, the, the photo novel. I bought it on VHS. I bought it on Laserdisc. I bought it the many times it was released on DVD. Laserdisc, of course. Then I bought it a not only on, on, on a couple of times on Laserdisc, but then it was in the box set, which was yeah. Star Trek 1 through 5 when Star Trek 6 came out. Um, bought it many times on DVD, bought it on Blu-ray, and then, of course, on 4K. So I don't know how many copies of Star Trek The Motion Picture I own, and then how many times that set of all the movies was re-released. So, oh, yeah. Um, but it's a beautiful thing. It's, uh, look... Part of the uh, part of the joy is is buying it again for the first time. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm really looking forward to owning this because, you know, again, I know you can't talk about what's going to be on the disc, but I'm sure it'll be a wonderful. And I'm really excited about having the archival version of this for all time. And of course, seeing it in the theater again, because it's so much fun to see that on the big well, screen. By the time this episode comes out, uh, Fathom Events will have opened up uh, uh, tickets for uh, the end of May, I think it's the 21st 
through 23rd, something like that. Um, it's, it's on their site. You can uh, see when they're uh, planning on their events. Um, and you can uh, sign up and get tickets and uh, enjoy it in a theater for yourselves. And it's a great, it's yeah. a great theater experience. And uh, it, it, it's meant to be seen on the big screen, yeah. even though you'll enjoy it a lot on your uh, amazing new 4K TV that you've bought specifically for this. And, you know, you know how we say, oh, you know, you should support it to show, you know, and then people go, oh, I don't want to show by give them a dime, you know, with Paramount or whatever. It's like the reality is we live in a a, a world where everything is now algorithms and um, money talks. And and the thing is, it's easier to track this stuff than ever. So they know immediately how much interest there is when they announce uh, with Star Trek uh, Director's Edition goes up, how many new subscribers they get instantly. They can tell whether or not um, from the analytics uh, if it moved the needle. So if you want to see more original, you know, if you'd like to see, uh, you know, a miniseries, uh, you know, about Kirk, (laughs) you know, if you want to see that, you know, original or, or, or that kind of storytelling, that kind of cerebral, smart, character driven uh, Star Trek that we fell in love with, you need to support it. You, you know, it's not, a, you know, writing a tweet or a Facebook post is not going to get it done. You have to support it with your with your wallet. The fact is they took a big risk on doing this. This was not an inconsiderable amount of money. And if and this believe the, it or not, risk is not their business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you want to see more Star Trek, like Star Trek, the motion picture, the kind of original series and next generation that we love, then you need to show that uh, uh, appreciation with your wallet. And, you know, um, you know, it's easy to be a Monday morning quarterback and sit there and, and, and badmouth everything. And I say, ah, oh, they're not going to get a dime. Well, you know what, then that's fine. But then all you're going to see is stuff you probably don't like very much. Yeah. So anyway, well, uh, look, big, big congratulations to you and to Mike and to uh, Dave. Uh, congratulations. Um, really a remarkable effort. And again, it, it, you know, with the, the caveat of even with the time and the money you had, there's very little to say, oh, you know, if only, you know, and obviously this is it. It's not like you're going to yeah. get to go back and do the 8K version or nor, nor is there a need to. This- yeah. It's uh, up until we have the uh, brain injection version. Uh, I think that uh, I think that we're good for at least a couple years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the best version of movie since I read the photo novel. Yeah, yeah. So the, 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 well, the, since ever, the, the theatrical never looked this good. No, not even close. That's what people yeah. don't understand. And look it, it, again, the color timing, and it's like. I saw somebody who was like, well, the colors look different. Oh, yeah, they do because yeah, it's properly they look color right for the first time and ever. And it's properly mixed. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's like, I'm like, and even there, you know, you Bruce Botnick who remixed the music. This was Jerry's, you know, he, he mixed more of Jerry's uh, music. He yeah. knew what Jerry would have wanted, yep. you know, so it's doing justice to the great Jerry Goldsmith. Um, he also worked with Doors, so that's extra points for Bruce yeah. Botnick. What a, what, yeah. a, what a legend. We should have him on the show. I, I think that would be great. Uh, I'll I'll reach out to him and see. Yeah, that. yeah, we should have him on the show um, next week. We're gonna have a, we're gonna dip into the uh, archives for Doug Grindstaff, uh, who yeah. did the sound on the original um, 
uh, Star Trek series. Really great, fascinating interview because we know we haven't done any interviews in a while. We've done a lot of John, a lot of opinions, <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of chin wagon. But uh, we 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 want to get back to doing some interviews too. And of course, I have to say, and I just want to take the second. If you're not listening to Trexpert's briefing room, Peter at Peter and Lisa are on fire right now. They did an episode on peak performance, not an episode you would necessarily uh, be at the top of your list with David Kemper that is wonderful and I highly recommend it. Um, and if you're interested in Gene Roddenberry's drinking and working habits, uh, David Kemper has some great <laughs> stories. Uh, David's a real character. He was the showrunner on Farscape. I was lucky enough to have him on a panel about Wise Guy. He was the CBS executive on Wise Guy back at uh, Comic-Con uh, a couple years ago. And uh, he's terrific. They also had Hannah Louis Shearer from Where the Bow Breaks. They've had some great guests on the show. So even yep. when Darren and I aren't on doing that show, and I know you love to listen to Darren and I because we're really interesting, but uh, <laughs> but Peter and Lisa are doing a terrific job, and uh, uh, and I really you, I think you're missing out if you're if you're a big Star Trek fan, you're missing out on even if you're not going to watch the show, do uh, you know the commentary. It, it, you, you can enjoy it without actually watching along. Yeah. You don't have to watch along. You can just listen because, you know, there's so much interesting stuff. And, and you know, Peter, unlike me and Darren, actually prepares for these shows. So he has all these fun facts and interesting <laughs> statistics. And um, uh, he does a whole, uh, you know, introduction full of uh, knowledge. And and uh, so I really, um, I, you know, if, if it wasn't one of the shows that Darren and I were producers on, I would still listen to it. So it's the yeah. highest um, recommendation I can give it. But But Darren... What a week for Star Trek. What a week for you. Uh, what a week for, for fans of, of, of the original movies and series uh, to celebrate. It's hard to believe this day came. Truly, truly. Uh, you know, uh, almost uh, 43 years since the original was released. And uh, it's, uh, it's a, a, a newborn this week. How can we still be 29 years old? And yet it's the 43rd anniversary of film I'm, we saw in a theater. I'm still 20 years old. Yes. You're an old man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's uh, a Star Trek quote for all of you uh, out there who didn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> you know, by the way, I you know, this week also is Mission Mission Star Trek or Mission yeah, New, in Chicago. In Chicago. Yeah. And I just have to say, because I know he listens to the podcast, you know, I know XO, EXO uh, is doing some really great figures and stuff. But come on, where's the Ilea? Enough with the Voyager figures already. Who cares? I know everybody's like, oh, shut up, Mark. We love Voyager. Okay, that's great. Good for you. But where is the Ilea figure? Where I want an Ilea figure, you know? That, that figure no longer functions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, plus I want, you know, Kirk, Spock, and McCoy in motion picture outfits. Yeah. You know, it's like... I, I know we're getting Spock. I think we might be getting Kirk, too. Well, let's, come on, let's get Kirk. You know, come on. It's the greatest Star Trek captain of all time. Should be more yeah. Kirk action figures. Right? Am I right or am I right? I'm right. Darn right. Yeah, that's right. And and six scale Kirk and Scotty in a six scale travel pod. That's what I want. That would be so, amazing. So that we can walk around and, and truly make the 12 hour long trip around the Enterprise. I wonder if that convention is going to be any good. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it'll be fun for everybody who attends. I will have to ask super fan uh, Anne-Marie Siegel. And uh, Dave Fine will be there giving a presentation and screening the uh, director's edition. But you're uh, from Chicago. Why aren't you there? Just uh, didn't work out that way. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I had no interest in going, to be yeah. honest. 
I, I, I have no interest in going. You know, I, I, I don't want to go anywhere that I'm not invited. Well, that's what I said. I mean, you know, <laughs> they hired me as a consultant for the one in New York. I had a good experience there. It was really good. Yeah. And you and did a great job for them. I did a great job for them. And they didn't ask anything. They didn't invite us to Chicago. So, you know what? That's fine. I, I would have loved to have some, you know, uh, Pertillo's while I was there. You know, that yeah. would be a reason to go. Yeah. But we're really looking forward. We can't announce it, but let's put it this way. You know, assuming the pandemic continues to abate, we have some very interesting convention appearances coming up later this year, which and we'll I'm be sure, announcing soon. Uh, and I'm sure people who are riding around in scooters are really <laughs> targeted in their targeted computer. They're, they're <laughs> lining up the targets right now. Just when I said we're out of it, damn, damn it, <laughs> I, I've, I've been targeted again for uh... the new shins held. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Someone at the uh, screening, I forget who it was, uh, said, you know, there was a, somebody was in a wheelchair. They said, Mark, you better move away. <laughs> you better get... <laughs> yeah, I, actually, I was very gratified, actually, by how many uh, people came up at the um at the screening, you know, all my kidding aside now, I'll get serious. How many people came and said we're huge fans of the podcast they are? Oh, that's great. They mentioned the books too, but let's forget the books for a second. They mentioned how, what huge fans they are of the podcast. So, forget um, the books. What have you done with Mark? <laughs> I'm just saying, the books don't involve you. You are not of the body. And this is about, this is all about you. This is all about your big night, big night, like Stanley Tucci. <laughs> that's um, right. But that was, um, that was really nice. A lot of That's people, a lot of, a lot of people. Um, oh, Neil Bulk was there. Sure. Uh, the boys from La La Land were there. I yep. mean, I could keep going. I mean, there's so many great, great, uh, great uh, Trek enthusiasts that were um, assembled. For, you know, it was, it was like I said, Trek Spurs Assemble. Yeah. You know, it was, it was um, yeah. really had, great. We night. had over 400 men and women there. Almost That's the entire the crew. Of, That's the size of the Enterprise crew. So. Uh, they they filled the theater and uh, it was so great to have everybody there. I know we almost had the entire we could have done the rectangle sequence live. Yeah, it would have been great. That's all we know about it. <laughs> viewer <laughs> off. <laughs> I, I told you I didn't even mind the second viewer off being gone this time. It was it was sort of seamless and it was nice and you know what it it, it doesn't matter. It's it's like the movie's freaking great. You guys did an amazing job. That isn't one of my two quibbles. So. I, I, I know. Who cares? Who cares? It's great. And I think the reaction has been 99% positive with a, a, a few stick in the muds who have, and it's not just the stick isn't only in the mud. The stick it's, is somewhere it's else. Fine. Too. It's fine. Well, uh, you take the good, you take the bad, you bring them. Look, home I, I tell you, life. if I know something's good, I don't even read the reviews. I don't care. I mean, yeah. you know, it's like sometimes like a publisher will send me or the network will send me reviews or stuff and I'll read them. But I don't read reviews. I don't. It's like, who cares? It's like if I know something, if I stand by something, you know, and often, you know, if it's something, you know, that, you know, you don't have enough time, you don't have enough money. You did the best you can. Who cares? You do the Look, best. You I, can. I'm very happy with the uh, amount of reviews that have come up uh, on it. And uh, we've been sending those to the studio. And uh, I think the studio is very happy with the results, too. So. They should be. It's uh, it's a wonderful thing. And now on to Star Trek five. But uh, <laughs> that's me speaking. There's no now. Don't start posting. Oh, the rumor mill has it that they're that's doing Star Trek five next. That's me making a joke. OK, that's a little joke. It's just a joke. It's just a just a humorous story with a climax. <laughs> well, Darren, I'm so glad we we jumped in to the um, uh, podcast studio to record this because I, I do think people were waiting uh, to hear this week, uh, you know, some thoughts about the uh, director's edition. And it would have been disappointing if we hadn't recorded this episode. So 
Um, that's the great thing about not being in the physical studio is that I'm able to text you. And say, you can do this on a whim. Yeah. I mean, and we did. It was a complete whim. whim it was curve. whimsical. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll, look, we're very interested in knowing what you think. So feel free, uh, please, um, uh, to go on our uh, Inglorious in Trek at uh, Twitter, Inglorious in, in Trek Sports at Instagram, and of course on Facebook at Inglorious Trek Sports as well. And uh, if you enjoyed the show, uh, except for people who were pissed off that I knocked Voyager briefly. It's fine. It's fine. Is uh, five stars on uh, uh, Apple that let other people know to listen to the show. See, they'd rather me say something bad about Voyager than talk about politics. So there you go. Right. And uh, <laughs> I love Star Trek, the motion picture. This show is about celebrating love. And boy, I love that director's edition, if, man. If only the Internet would shed its animal passions and embrace total logic. Exactly. Total logica. Total logica. <laughs> you know, it's so funny that w- the woman who does the culinary ceremony looked just like my grandma Edna, my late grandma Edna. And well, you know, her name was Edna. Edna. That's, I know. Yeah. That's funny. Look, ju- I even when I saw it in 79, I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know grandma Edna was in Edna? that Star Trek movie. Wow. So it was, it was very, uh, very interesting. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So anyway, Congratulations to you. Congratulations to all team. Um, we'll be back next week with an all new episode. Thanks to Mark Rivera, who turned this episode around really quickly. He's been doing an amazing job. And, you know, I don't think I gave him a special shout out for the Star Trek six debate. But yeah. man, what you did with that episode, dude. Fantastic. I said, have some fun with it. I gave him some cool clips um, and, and, and he really <laughs> I don't know if you listen to it, Darren. He did a great job with uh, the uh, Star Trek six episode. I couldn't listen to it too much PSD or PTSD. Oh. <laughs> well, Steve Asbell was, uh, I said, you know, you want to debate Star Trek, the motion picture right here, right now, but he likes it. There's nothing to debate. Yeah. He likes it. You like <laughs> it. We all like it. And, uh, you know, it's even, got, you know, what's great. I think I'd add an extra star. Uh, I'd add an extra star. So if it was a, a four star movie, before, well, three and a half star movie before, now it's like a four and a half star movie. Nice. Out of four. So there you go. Um, I, I thanks to uh, uh, Bill Ritter, Natalie Miscali, Peter Holmstrom, of course, and all of you who come back week after week and listen to this nonsense. So thank you. And of course, if, if you're a fan of the episode by any other name, I'll be beaming down to uh, the uh, Enterprise incidents. I don't think they liked it. I said, wow, it's just like that fanzine that James Van Heist did back in the oh 70s. And they're like, no, no, no. It's, we, we, it's our own thing. It's it's not it's based totally on a totally different podcast altogether. <laughs> but uh, it's a, they do a great podcast about the original. So if you're a fan of the original show, you should um, definitely listen to Scott and Scott. Um, and in this case, this week, me uh, on, nice. the, on the show. Uh, I, I talked for quite a long time. Two hours, man. Oh, more than two hours. That was crazy. About Barbara Boucher. Well, I could go on a lot longer about <laughs> Barbara Boucher. But, uh, and, uh, and... So- <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Warren Stevens. Um, so uh, it, uh, again, uh, thank you. And uh, we'll see you next week. And until then, on behalf of Darren Docterman, myself, Mark A. Altman, keep on trekking. And gloriously, of course, there is no comparison. There's a star beyond time Floating in space Waiting for you and me Though we're planets apart Love is the bridge Joining our
This show is produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production.